Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode. It's been a minute. We are going to do the 2022 Dutch Grand Prix recap in this episode. Let's just hop right into it, baby. So the weekend warm-up is kind of a long one this week. We had a lot going on practice and before the race. Um, at the start of the weekend, Max Verstappen received a special award from the Dutch Minister of Sport for his exemplary performance in Formula One, becoming the only Dutch driver to claim a driver's championship last season. Um, at the beginning of FP1, we heard the radio message from Christian Horner where he said, quote, Congratulations on receiving your honor. We're not sure whether to call you Sir Max, Lord Max, or Super Max, but congratulations. Verstappen replied with, just call me Max, like normal. This, however, was about the only good news that Verstappen had in FP1, as during this session we saw um, Max's gearbox fail and start smoking around 15 minutes into the session, forcing an end to his practice. Um, there was no word then on whether or not he would need a new gearbox, and it seemed as though Red Bull were able to repair whatever had gone wrong before FP2 kicked off, and he never ended up having to take a new gearbox. So whatever it was must have been a minor-ish detail. Um, then in qualifying, we had some flares thrown on the track and disrupt the session. Alex Albon came out onto the track first in Q2 just to be forced right back into the pits after a fan threw a flare onto the track, which caused a red flag. After this incident, there was a message displayed on the big screens around the track saying, quote, if you let off flares, you will be removed and banned from the race on Sunday. So the rest of Q2 goes smoothly, as does the start of Q3, but with about two minutes left in the session, another flare is thrown onto the track at turn one, forcing yellow flags while the drivers are on their warm-up laps for their last flying lap. Um, the flare, luckily, um, rolled underneath the pit wall and into the pit lane, so we weren't forced to have another red flag, which would have left the drivers with under two minutes left to go out, get a warm-up lap in, go, and be done. So thankfully, it rolled underneath the wall, and we didn't have to worry about that. But speaking of qualifying, we're just going to talk about that real quick, okay? Seven different constructors took part in Q3. Seven. The only three groups to fully miss out were Alfa Romeo, Williams, and shockingly Alpine, with Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon finishing in P12 and P13 um, in Q2. Lance Stroll even outqualified George Russell in Q2, but ended up missing out on Q3 with mechanical issues which ended up forcing him to take old engine parts as a precautionary measure for the race on Sunday. Which, my next point was that Stroll and Perez both changed engine components before the race. Precautionary changes. Um, instead of uh, grid drops, they weren't forced to fall down the grid, just changing in old engine parts for the ones that were already in there. Um, Perez spun at the end of qualifying and went over some curbs, so Red Bull wanted to change some... Um, Power unit components just to ensure that the engine would make it to the end of the race. Stroll having an I'm sorry, Stroll having a hydraulic issue which forced him to miss out on Q3 entirely. Now we're gonna get into the race. Um, Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz made contact at turn one. Nothing major, just left front tire from Hamilton hitting the right side pod of Carlos Sainz's Ferrari. Um, George Russell falls behind Lando Norris at the high bank turn three, moving down to P7. Um, on lap two, we saw Kevin Magnuson slide into the gravel trap and tag the barrier going into that turn three, trying to defend from Alexander Albon behind 4P15. 
He tells the team that the car is okay the next lap on the radio, but has already fallen back to plumb last P20 on the grid. Um, George Russell overtakes Lando Norris to regain his P6 starting position with DRS on lap 3. After 5 laps of the race, it is Max Verstappen followed by Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Sergio Perez, George Russell, Lando Norris, Lance Stroll, Esteban Ocon, and Mick Schumacher in the points-paying positions. Esteban Ocon had come from P12, um, Stroll up from P10, and Mick falling from P8. Lap 9, we had the Max Verstappen radio. Um, the engineer saying, we may expect to see the Ferraris push in the next few laps. We will keep you posted. Leclerc behind had been setting fastest laps in sectors throughout laps for the last four or five circuits. Um, Max then pulls almost a full two-second lead over him within the next lap after it had been fluctuating between eight-tenths and 1.2 seconds before the message came through. Fernando Alonso finally got past Pierre Gasly on lap 10 for P12. He'd been attacking since the start of the race and was now in the middle of an Alpha Tauri sandwich with Yuki Sonoda ahead of him. Sebastian Vettel pits first on lap 11 for a set of mediums. Lando Norris received the radio message on that lap saying soft runners were seeing high deg on the tires. And I just have to throw this in there. History repeating itself right here. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to my race rewind of the 2021 Dutch Grand Prix. In the 2021 Dutch Grand Prix, Sebastian Vettel pit first around the McLarens in the race. Lando Norris got a radio message saying that Sebastian Vettel had pit. Lando said, oh boy, he's going to be way faster now. And Seb was faster. Just keep that in mind. Um... Because Seb ends up overtaking Daniel Ricciardo when he stops. I know, this is like history repeating itself. Crazy, right? Um, so, Daniel Ricciardo and Pierre Gasly, as I said, stop on the next lap, changing from softs to medium as well as Sebastian Vettel had done. The first few stoppers set off the domino effect of everyone else starting to pit for new tires. Alonso pitting on lap 14 as the first to go to the hard compound of tire. Um, Carlos Sainz comes into the pits on lap 15 for medium tires, and Ferrari don't even have all four tires ready for him. Um, Perez pits on the same lap and easily ends up overtaking him. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, Carlos Sainz was sat there for 12 and a half seconds. Um, they had three tires, but the left rear was not even out of the garage yet. They had to run back in and grab it and bring it out to put it on. Um, yeah, not, uh, not a good sign for the Ferrari people when they finally looked like they had a shot to get back at Red Bull. Um, later on in the race, Mattia Bonato joins the commentary team and says that they had called Carlos in through the last corner Excuse me, of the circuit, meaning there's not much time to change or get things out there properly. Um, although it was a mess, which he admitted, he didn't seem too disappointed, at least in how he spoke about it, in his tone or specifically what he said. But I guess when you've had the season Ferrari have had with strategy and pit stops, you hardly get disappointed anymore. Uh, meanwhile, up front, Charles Leclerc's fallen four seconds behind Max Verstappen. Verstappen on lap 17 says that his tires are feeling fine. And on the very next lap, Charles Leclerc gets on the radio and says tires are not that great. Leclerc comes in on lap 18 for a set of medium compound tires. Um, Lando Norris comes in on the same lap for a set of hard tires. Um... Alonso was showing good enough pace that the McLaren was going to risk going to the end of the race on the one-stop hard tire strategy, just like them. Um, Verstappen comes in on the next lap, lap 19, for a set of mediums, leaving the two Mercedes out front to lead the race, who had both started on a medium compound tire set. 
so they were out still while everyone else who started on softs were in the pits. On lap 20, Ferrari tells signs that they're still going to do plan A, even though they had the slow pit stop. Um, Zhou Guanyu then receives a five-second time penalty for spe- <laughs> speeding in the pit lane during his pit stop. Um, Mercedes and Russell on lap 27. Um, his engineer says, this is looking very good. Lewis is running a 16-7, while Verstappen is running a 16-1. Max is pulling up to the rear end of George Russell, who overtakes... Um, who he overtakes on lap 28 at turn one. Sorry, wrote that wrong in my notes. Um, Daniel Ricardo pits from P18 for a set of hard tires to take to the end on lap 29. Lewis Hamilton pits for the hard tire on lap 30 after running the medium tire at the beginning of the race. So medium tire, 30 laps, hard tire is probably going to make it 42 to the end. Jensen Button then came on commentary saying that those tires could easily go to the end of the race, as I kind of just stated. Um, Hamilton returns to the track in P5, 10 seconds ahead of Carlos Sainz and 5 seconds behind Sergio Perez. Um, on lap 31, Verstappen comes on the radio and says, quote, just keep an eye on the hard tires. I don't think that they will be good. I'm already starting to feel this one, end quote, meaning his medium tires were already starting not to feel the best after pitting 12 laps earlier. George Russell then pits for a set of hards as well on lap 32. He rejoins in P5 ahead of Carlos Sainz and behind Lewis Hamilton. After all the pit stops cycled through, it is Verstappen up front, followed by Leclerc, Perez, Hamilton, Russell, Sainz, Norris, Stroll, Alonso, and Alcon in the points-paying positions. But remember that the cars in the top three or four, everyone in front of the Mercedes and then behind them as well has to pit again for another set of tires besides Fernando Alonso at this point. Uh, On the on the radio after his pit stop, George Russell's engineer says, We are going to the end now, and Lewis is seven seconds up the road. Jensen Button points out that Hamilton is going about seven-tenths of a second a lap faster than Verstappen every single lap on a harder set of tires, and then Russell rattles off the fastest lap of the race, half a second clear of Lewis Hamilton. Charlotte Claire on lap 35 is told we can no longer manage to do plan C. Obviously, I have no idea what that is, but commentary takes a stab at it and says maybe they meant trying to do it one stop, which... Didn't seem like it was possible starting on the softs anyways, but I'm not Ferrari. I don't have the alphabet soup set up, so I don't really know what was going on there. Uh, Lewis Hamilton goes for an overtake on lap 36 of Sergio Perez. Um, He goes around the outside at turn one after Perez dives to the inside to take a defensive position, and Perez ends up locking up and squeezing Hamilton out at the exit of the corner. Um, Hamilton then overtakes Perez on lap 37 for p3 then is immediately held up by sebastian vettel coming out of the pit lane um literally vettel came out of the pits as the two battling came around turn one and vettel immediately took the racing line right in front of lewis hamilton um blocking him from the exit of turn one through two and around three before eventually um yielding to the blue flags Um, Later on, he's put under investigation for ignoring those blue flags and receiving a five-second time penalty in the end. George Russell overtakes Sergio Perez for P4 on lap 39. Um, Max Verstappen then gets the radio message on that same lap, asking what he thought about tired compounds, and he said, these ones don't feel great. Talking about the mediums. Sergio Perez pits on lap 41 for a set of hard compound tires, which is obviously some data gathering for Max while also ensuring that Checo can make it to the end of the race. Um, Lap 43, Charlotte Claire gets a radio message from his engineer saying, the hard tire is faster than expected on the Mercedes. 
um, with plan C, we will be overtaken in, with um, 30 laps to go in the race. Uh, Carlos Sainz pits on lap 44 for the hard compound tires, which is, again, some data gathering for Leclerc, but insurance for him to get to the end of the race. Um, then we have the weird part of the race right here. Um, Yuki Sonoda stops at turn four on lap 45, screaming on the radio that the tires aren't fitted. Um, then the team tells him over the radio that the tires are fitted, so he begins going again. Um, then he comes in on lap 47, and the team is messing with his seatbelts. At the time, I had no idea what was happening. Um, we thought the tires were loose, and now they're tightening seatbelts and fit a new set of tires at the same time. Um, Yuki comes back out and says something feels wrong, and the team tells him to stop on track, which ends up forcing a virtual safety car on lap 48. Um, Lando Norris... Fernando Alonso, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and George Russell all pit under the VSC. Mercedes go on to medium tires, Verstappen and the rest go on to hards to the end. Um, this incident ends up being put under investigation after the race. I got some more news on that later. Um, but yeah, I had no idea what was going on at the time. Apparently, what had happened is that Sonoda came in thinking he was retiring from the race, had already loosened his seatbelts, and was getting ready to get out of the car. And then the team put new tires on and dropped him. So he ended up leaving. Um, thought that something fell off. Stopped on the track. They told him no everything's fine. He came back into the pits. And while they're changing tires. They tightened the seatbelts back up. Because they knew he was going to have to go race again. Not just sit in the pit lane or get out of the car. So yeah. We'll get more to that later. Um, anyways. In the middle of that, Charles Leclerc had pit on lap 46 before the virtual safety car for the same tires as his teammate, the hard compound tires. But after the virtual safety car comes in, racing resumes with the top six being Max Verstappen, uh, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, and Esteban Ocon with Carlos Sainz in P7. Um, lap 50, the racing resumes with 23 laps remaining. Uh, Hamilton comes on the radio on lap 51 saying that the VSC stuffed them. Um, he's 12 and a half seconds back with Russell three seconds behind him. Bono, <clears throat> excuse me, Lewis Hamilton's race engineer Bono comes on the radio and says, first it was good on these tires. We have less fuel on board and fresher tires. Happy for you to push. This is when we get the FIA announcement on the investigation into the full Yuki Sonoda situation after the race, right after that radio message came through. Valtteri Bottas stopped at the end of the main street on lap 56, and we just didn't have a safety car for it for two laps. Um, Carlos Sainz even overtook Esteban Alcon through the yellow flags. We didn't even investigate that situation. Um, so safety car ends up coming out um, in lap 58 is when the safety car finally came out. Um, Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Russell, and Sainz pit for soft tires under the safety car. Mercedes have Lewis Hamilton stay out. This is one of those weird moments in the race. George Russell says his tires are going off and he wants to stop. So he stops for softs, leaving Lewis Hamilton out in P1. Verstappen was in P3 behind both Mercedes and now is in P2 directly behind Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton on an old set of mediums that he fit under the virtual safety car about 10 laps earlier. Russell pitting for a fresh set of softs. Retrospect is always 50 or 2020. Sheesh, I cannot do anything right today. Um, retrospect, always 2020. Um, but Russell pitting just inevitably made it so that Verstappen was going to win the race. Uh, Hamilton on old tires, Verstappen on newer, softer compounded tires. 
you knew he was never going to hold him up. I knew as soon as Russell Pitt that he wasn't even going to overtake Max again. I just knew it because no one had been as fast as Max on the same combine tire all weekend. And Lewis was left out on older, harder tires, and Russell came in for the exact same tire and was behind him. I knew it was over then. Um, safety car ends on lap 60, meaning there's a 12-lap dash to the finish. Verstappen immediately overtakes going into turn one. Hamilton comes on the radio and says, quote, that was the biggest beep-up. Russell overtakes Hamilton down the main straight on lap 64. Lewis being very vocal on the radio that the team have completely ruined the race for him. Saying that, you know, giving the strategy choice to Russell and leaving him vulnerable to Max completely screwed the race up and guaranteed they weren't going to win. Charles Leclerc overtook Hamilton for P3 on lap 66. Um, Carlos Sainz receives a five-second time penalty for an unsafe release after his stop under the safety car. I completely forgot to mention this, but during the safety car, when everyone was pitting, excuse me, Carlos Sainz pit and Ferrari pit him at the same time that there was a McLaren. I believe it was Lando, Ru- Lando Russell, Lando Norris in the pit ahead of him, but all of the McLaren mechanics were out in the road, so Sainz had to take a sharper turn out. His car hit anti-stall right in front of an Alpine, and they almost collided. Signs received a five-second time penalty for the incident. And I just have to say, I am starting to not be able to stand Sergio Perez. Um, if you've listened to me talk before my first few episodes, I said how happy I was that he was doing great, how much I wished he would give a battle to Max every once in a while, and that Red Bull would let them race. Ever since then, he's just gone downhill. This time... Um, he goes for a late overtake on Carlos Sainz at turn one or on the outside where he was never more than half a car alongside and then tells the team he was pushed off when Sainz takes the racing line out of the corner. When they never made contact and Perez was, I would argue, it was probably close to like the Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton incident from Spa where Hamilton didn't even see him in his blind spot. Sainz probably didn't even know that Perez went for the move around the outside of turn one because who does that? that late he wasn't alongside of him until they hit about the apex and then he complains he got pushed off Sergio you need to chill anyways end result of this race Max Verstappen wins the Dutch Grand Prix George Russell and George Russell and Charles Leclerc round out the podium Hamilton Perez Alonso Norris Sainz Alcon and Stroll round out the points positions with the two retirements in the race being Yuki Sonoda and Valtteri Bottas so some storylines entering this weekend. We had the news of new manufacturers coming in. Audi and Porsche coming in 2026 with the new engine regulations entering the fray in the same season. Porsche is said to be heading to Red Bull Racing with a 50% stake in Red Bull Technologies being reported um, as their buy-in. Um, it's not known yet for sure where Audi plans to pursue its team of choice to start their support as of right now, but the rumor is Sauber, um, or Alfa Romeo as you know it maybe. Um, that is due to the fact that old manufacturers might be leaving. Um, Alfa Romeo will cease their support of the Sauber Group cars after next season and are believed to be on the way to help Haas in some form of partnership after dropping the Sauber Group. So Sauber would lose Alfa Romeo, gain Audi. I don't know what they would do in 24 and 25 before the new engines come in 26, but it seems like Audi will be the Sauber engine supplier when the new regs come into play. Last little bit was Red Bull's renewed dominance. They entered the weekend 93 points up in the drivers and 118 points up in the constructors. 
They now extended that gap in both title chases. Verstappen with a lead in the driver's title of 109 points and the team leading Ferrari by 135. So some storylines from this race weekend. Oscar Piastri to McLaren is now official. So the the rumors are going to be um, who's going to fill the Alpine's, Alpine seat. I am sorry. Um, is it Gasly to Alpine? Um, Esteban Ocon wants to make Schumacher alongside of him. Um, with all of the other shuffling seats, a rumor from Will Buxton, the F1 extraordinaire. Um, he says that should Nick DeVries leave the Mercedes, Mercedes reserve driver role to drive for Williams next season, Daniel Ricciardo could be in the running for the Mercedes um, reserve seat. And I also read an article this morning saying that it's ever likely that um, Daniel Ricciardo will be sitting out next season and returning in 2024. Um, even reportedly saying that to Sergio Perez in a video which was released through Planet F1. Um, obviously, who knows if anyone's doctored a video anymore. You can do so much, but um, should Ricardo leave? He's said to be open to reserve driver roles. This seems like everything falls in place for Nick DeVries going to Williams, Daniel Ricardo taking the reserve driver spot. Everyone's happy. But another problem, which I'll talk about and I think the next episode, is that Mick Schumacher is reportedly going to Williams should he get kicked out of Haas. So there's a whole lot of fun stuff going on still in silly season. It's going to get wilder, I promise you. Another storyline from this race is the Mercedes team drama, because hello, is it 2016 again? After the late late race strategy calls, Hamilton was left to fight Max Verstappen by himself out front and denied any hope of winning the first race of the year for himself and Mercedes. In Park Ferme, where the podium finishers, I am so sorry, where the podium finishes were after the race, Lewis Hamilton walked straight past George Russell, gave him no handshake, high five, anything at all, just walked straight past him to the Weybridge. Um, and then we heard after the race weekend was completed, Yuki Sonoda could possibly receive a grid drop at Monza. He has received five reprimands over the course of the season, and with the updated driver code and ruling, um, the fifth reprimand would lead to the driver, in this case Yuki Sonoda, receiving a 10-place grid drop at the next Grand Prix. This has not been 100% confirmed yet. Please don't take my word 100% serious here. It's just reported on as this is the rules, and Yuki is the first driver to have this happen to them. Now I'm going to go over my predictions for the race weekend. Um, my first prediction was there'd be no safety car, so thanks Valtteri Bottas and even Yuki Sonoda for helping me out on this one, but in the end, incorrect. My next prediction was Haas would have one car in Q3 and one car in the points for the Grand Prix. Mick Schumacher did qualify P8 for me to get halfway through this prediction correct, but neither Haas car finished in the points. So at most I can get is half a point, but in the end, again, I'm wrong. My third prediction was Red Bull powertrains to have engine failure. And again, thank you, Yuki! He did help me on this pick. Um, Retiring from the race with car issues, which I'm taking as a mechanical failure because it benefits me. Um, my final prediction was Sergio Perez was to finish outside the top five, which he did on track. But thanks to Carlos Sainz's five-second time penalty, Perez ended up finishing officially in P5. My podium prediction for this race, I said Verstappen, Leclerc, and Hamilton would be the podium. The actual was Verstappen, Russell, and Leclerc. I got two or three right, but oh well. Next up, we have the finale of the triple header. We head to Monza for the Italian Grand Prix next weekend. I hope you're as excited for that race as I am. I will have my preview out of that shortly. I'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye.